What's up, fanboys and fangirls? We got a special episode this week. Uh, it is Star Wars Day. May the 4th be with you. Um, so, Star Wars Day uh, originated back... Actually, I had to look this up. Uh, actually, it originated back in the early 80s and um, over in England as as kind of a celebration for A New Hope. And then it kind of took off over the years from comic conventions and so forth. And now in 2011 was kind of the first official worldwide Star Wars Day, which was May the 4th. And then two years later, we got a second Star Wars holiday, which is May 5th, which is supposed to represent Revenge of the... Or it's supposed to... It's titled Revenge of the Fifth, which represents the celebration of Revenge of the Sith for the dark side. So if you are a light side fan of Star Wars, you celebrate May the 4th. If you are a dark side character fan, then you would celebrate May 5th. This is kind of getting weird. It's kind of like, you know, um, celebrating Christmas with divorced parents. You know, you're going to have Chris, get your presents on Christmas Eve with mom and then get your presents on Christmas Day with dad. So you get two holidays to celebrate it. So, um, but Mark and I are just going to recap some of our favorite memories of Star Wars and on this special day. And then we will get into our almighty, love of Arrow and Flash and Gotham and Prison Break and everything, you know, comic book related and so forth. So, all right, Mark, I'm going to start this off for you from the original movies, prequels and original trilogy. We're going to leave Force Awakens and Rogue One out of this right now. Maybe a little bit later down the line, once those two have aged a little bit, we'll have this. But how do you rank your Star Wars films? What's the first one you got to watch and then the the one that you could go without? Oh, man. Okay, so... If, so asking me now, because when I was a kid, I loved Return of the Jedi. And I still do. I'm watching it right now. But... Uh, that was my favorite, but really going back at, I know a lot of people put empire strikes back first. Um, I still have to put a new hope first. I, I, for me, it, it honestly just goes in that order. It goes a new hope, uh, empire strikes back, return of the Jedi. Um, because I just, where I think some of the storyline and whatnot is, is, um, stronger in empire strikes back. I, I mean, a new hope just just gets it all going, and I remember first watching that as a kid, and when I when when I still go back and watch it, just seeing the development of the character, and I remember still how like heartbreaking it was when Obi Wan Kenobi just like and Luke is watching him, and he just kind of has his lightsaber when Darth Vader hits him, and you know like Luke's reaction to that, and right. I just. You know, I, it was such an emotional thing. It was one of those things where I remember watching it and think didn't think that, that would happen. You know, I'm like Obi Wan Kenobi is this big character. You know, he he looks like he's probably going to continue to have this really large role. And then boom, it was like he was gone. It was like no way. I didn't see that coming. Um, so I I think that's the order uh, that it goes in for me. Um, especially. Looking back now, um, the the parts of Return of the Jedi that I was fine with as a kid that I probably could have done without now was with um, when the Ewoks came in. Um, 
and you know, I mean, I get why they did it. And I'm sure they wanted to sell toys and all that, but I, that's kind of the part that I guess I could really kind of do without a little bit. Um, but that would be my, my order if I had to, if I had to rank them. Okay. So for original trilogy for me, so you're just basically going in straight order, a new hope yep. empire strikes back return of the Jedi. And I'm, I'm similar with you. Like as a kid, it was definitely Return of the Jedi, and here's the reason why. It has probably the best lightsaber battle from the original trilogy, oh, yeah. and to me, it's got the best space battle as well. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah, because if you think about it, A New Hope has the, the Death Star battle scene, but it only has the X-Wing fighters going up against the Death Star, and so you don't really see like the, the full like assault you know that, that the Rebellion has built up. Um, Empire Strikes Back. I love the Battle of Hoth, especially with the snow speeders. Um, yep, me too. But that's that's really it. There's nothing else uh, space battle wise, and then lightsaber battles wise. You know the. So as a kid, seeing the first time because I you know I was I remember as a little kid seeing like remember seeing Return of the Jedi because I wasn't born yet with uh, A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back. I was born right. the year that Return of the Jedi came out. And so I remember, like, you know, probably, like, when I was four years old, so probably, like, 87, watching Star Wars, and I think the first film I watched was Return of the Jedi on VHS or Beta, whichever my parents had back then, I can't remember. Um, but I remember it was sometime in the, I want to say, early 90s, I want to say 1991 or 92, that my parents took me to Best Buy, and I bought the original trilogy on VHS, it was the third release of it or something that had, it was a box set and I started from the beginning and the, seeing the Obi-Wan versus lights or versus Vader lightsaber battle was like jaw dropping for me. But then looking back at it now as an, you know, as older, I'm like, that was pretty, pretty bad. It's kind of like two like guys on in AARP, you know, conventions <laughs> trying to like fight each other and stuff. Well, yeah. especially because when you look at the costumes, I mean, obviously, you know, it was outstanding for the time. But oh, without a doubt. Darth Vader is, like, barely lifting his arms when yeah. he, like, turns and strikes Obi-Wan. It's kind of funny. And it's funny you mention that because when I went to Star Wars Celebration, I never, like, I knew it, but I didn't really know it. So one of the, the pieces that was uh, on, on display there were the different costumes used throughout the original trilogy movies. And each movie had a different costume for vader based on that based on mobility and movement because in hmm. a new hope it was it's you know you look at like when you look at it on the film you don't really notice it but when you stand there and you kind of can you can get up close and look at all this you're right it's it's very bulky um and you can tell that the leather was very thick you know the the padding sure. and so forth so movement wise uh david prouse who was the guy behind the mask, you know, had very little movement. By the time you get to Return of the Jedi and you look at the Darth Vader costume from there, it's it's a lot thinner. The, the sure. armor plating isn't as thick. The the um the the actual cloth, the the fabric isn't as thick as well. So it was a, a, a lot better movement. And so the, I guess that's why they were able to expand the lightsaber. Uh, battles for Return oh of the Jedi. yeah that, you know I, I mean that makes sense i mean even think about like batman 89 to like right. batman returns etc you know like you mm. know being able to move it all and you know michael keaton even talking about how much the suit weighed it was like 
yeah, I forgot what, it wasn't like eighty seven pounds or yeah, something it was close ridiculous to 90 like that. Uh-huh. Yeah, so um, yeah, I mean, so it completely, you know, makes sense. But no, you, you raise a good point there with the uh, just the battles and and the type of battles, which is probably what really, at least for me, drew me into Return of the Jedi when I was a kid. Between like you know the Ewoks and Jabba, and then the awesome fights, all the action, but then you know growing like older and understanding more than really understanding more of the actual storyline, I think. Right. Um, and so looking at it back now, I still put return of the Jedi. Number one, a new hope. Number two, and empire strikes back. Number three. And I know that like, I'll get like criticism on that and it's nothing. I'm not saying empire strikes back is absolutely horrible or anything, but it was too, to me, it was too story-driven, not enough action for me. And that's, and I, I understand, it's, and, and I'm just being nitpicky over this and stuff like that. Um, but to me, what I remember about Star Wars as a kid and what that, that true love for me is, is watching those lightsaber battles and falling in love with those space battles. I think as I've watched probably the both Death Star battles probably over like 200 300 times i just literally you know go to those scenes right there and just watch those and have that you know dream as of a of a kid you know being in an x-wing you know and flying around and taking out oh, tie yeah. fighters and stuff like that and i was able you know to do all that when i was a kid was playing x-wing on pc and then tie fighter and then doing all the stuff with the battlefront and everything so i would i would put return of the jedi a new hope and then Empire Strikes Back. Not saying anything is about Empire Strikes Back is horrible because I would watch Empire Strikes Back over the prequels. Um, and so prequels wise, I would put Phantom Menace number one, Revenge of the Sith number two, and Attack of the Clones number three. And that number three means that I wouldn't like I, like I can honestly skip over Attack of the Clones. There's nothing about Attack of the Clones that I would be like, oh my gosh, I have to sit down and watch. There's nothing in that movie. But at now, least... see, I would do I would do Revenge of the Sith, Phantom Menace, Attack of the Clones. Mm-hmm. I, I'm the same way. Like Attack of the Clones, I'm I'm fine without right seeing that. Um, Revenge of the Sith, I think more for. The lightsaber battle. The storyline. The lightsaber battle, and I really like seeing the actual, like, I was always curious to what that transformation was going to be into Darth Vader. Yeah. Um, so because of that, I, I, I like that part. Um, <clears throat> but for Phantom Menace, I, I honestly could do without uh, kind of large chunks of it, but the Darth Maul scene at the end going on at the same time as the space battle was like that was the best part of the movie for without me. Like a doubt like, and that's 20 I, 30 minutes yeah and that's what i i put that's basically the reason why i put phantom menace number one of the prequels is because of that lightsaber uh battle right there because what was i i was freshman in high school when uh when yeah it came out and yeah literally like i didn't care like I remember sitting in the in the movie and I was like, you yeah, know, this isn't too bad and stuff. And then the first time you see Maul attack Qui-Gon on Tatooine, I'm like, holy smokes, this is a different type of Star Wars. Because, you know, we were so used to the, the fencing style of lightsaber sure, battles. right, yeah. Like, 
you, Ray Park, in, who played Darth Maul, basically saved the franchise. Uh, I think um, with that, with him portraying, you know, Darth Maul and being able to make lightsaber battles just more than just fencing, and you know, I mean, have a a flow to it. I remember when the trailer first came out, and you know, there was huge buzz, anyways, because Star Wars was back for the first time in you know years. And I remember seeing Darth Maul. I was like, oh, he looks awesome. And then it was that scene when he's holding out the lightsaber and, like, the red side comes out. You're like, oh, that's awesome. And then the other side comes out and people lost their freaking mind. You right. know what I mean? Yes. When it was the double-sided lightsaber. That was oh, beautiful. man. That was so awesome. I remember searching. And just the, the music that goes along with it, too. Oh, the Duel of the Fates? Just, yes. Yes. Just so Iconic. well done. I was, But then I was actually really pissed at the end and that may be another reason why it goes number two when darth maul died like i i think honestly if darth maul i mean this is obviously hypothetical but if he was in attack of the clones it would have made it more worthwhile for me i I think for a lot of people yeah i think a lot of people agree to that if you had not killed off darth maul and made him the antagonist in the next two films up to revenge of the sith and not had count dooku in there yeah it would have been you know, you could have ha- still had Count Dooku some way, somehow, yeah. as the the manipulator for creating the clones and you know, and the, creating the Death Star. But to be the main at- antagonist against Obi Wan, I think would have made it a lot better. Um, yeah, I would have rather had because I think Dooku had you know a fairly important role, and especially you know, it it showed a lot of the severity later when Anakin like cuts his head off for the Emperor. You know, yeah, but um. I think I would have used Darth Maul in, in, instead of having a General Grievous. Right. Yeah, it was just kind of like. Eh, See, I like Grievous. Know, so. Like, I, I, I was a, I was a fan of Grievous, and still am. I think Grievous is one of those cool. Uh, it's kind of like he's kind of like my Boba Fett of the prequels. You know, not really used a whole lot, but then when you see him, he is badass type deal. Um, so I don't know, and then I, watching Clone Wars and seeing his, like them use his character a lot more in the like first couple yeah. seasons, I was definitely you know a big fan of that. But then that that also screwed up the whole Revenge of the Sith you know timeline there because if you so Grievous is in the Clone Wars, the cartoon show, which take place takes place in between Episode Two and Episode Three, and there are multiple times where. Obi-Wan and Anakin like meet encounter Grievous but then in episode 3 when they save Palpatine and they're on that um, that capital ship that he has Grievous is like it's finally nice to meet you Obi-Wan and Anakin you I, I would assume you're a lot a lot taller or than what you you know than how you are perceived and stuff and I'm like wait a minute that r- totally <laughs> ruins the whole cartoon series and out and stuff and then right so but yeah, I think episode one, based off of just the lightsaber battle between Maul, Qui Gon, and Obi Wan, is what makes that movie for me. I can, I'm like you, I can skip over the majority of the parts of it, um, all the Jar Jar Bink scenes and everything, and oh, just go straight to gosh. that. And then I still think that is still my favorite scene, fight scene in Star Wars history. And I'm also a fan of Liam Neeson's Qui Gon. I like the his yeah. style. Uh, but then. 
Revenge of the Sith, I'm kind of like you. I like the storyline. I like that kind of we finally see the entire manipulation, the process play out um, of how Anakin turns into Darth Vader. And the the lightsaber scene, you know, battle scene between Anakin and, and Obi-Wan was good, but I thought it was it was too over the top, if you know what I mean. Yeah. yeah all the well, jumping like around. Ju- like jumping from lava, yeah. jumping off. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, I thought, I, I get it and I understand it and stuff, but at the same time, I was like, the the way how the lightsaber battle between it, Darth Maul and Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon was filmed is that you had your CGI for the background scenes, but almost everything else was done, you know, in front of camera. There was no CGI for the actual lightsaber movement. <clears throat> And then, well, and there, there's there's simplicity to yes. the lightsaber scenes, not only in in the pre, well, at least in Phantom Menace, um, in the original series, but it's this one on one because that's the focus, right? You know, like that's what that's what your focus is on, and even with, um, um, you know, in Phantom Menace, it was the same way. Like, yeah, there was the background or whatever, but still, like the like nothing was moving the focus was on the three individuals and then um you know with with revenge of the sith it's just kind of like you're talking about you had this like the lightsaber battle but then you had like lava everywhere and you had stuff falling and then they were jumping on certain things and so it it almost took the focus off of that right oh, i agree so kind of so kind of jumping into this how would you rank the lightsaber battles from all six films? Oh, wow. Um, okay. Hmm. So I think I'm going to have to put the lightsaber battle with Luke and Darth Vader in return of the Jedi. Number one first, because it's Luke and Darth Vader. It was that final, like, climatic, you know, climatic-type yeah. event that everybody was waiting yeah. for. <clears throat> um, two would be Darth Maul, Qui-Gon, and um, Obi-Wan. Uh, three would probably be when Luke gets his hand cut off. And the big and then, reveal. Yeah. yeah, and then four would probably be um, Obi Wan and Darth Vader. I think. Yeah. I think what about I'm, you? Yeah, like I'm pretty close with you, because um, uh, like I agree. I go back and forth. I definitely enjoy the lightsaber battle with Darth Maul. Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon but it's something mm-hmm. iconic like you said with the Luke versus Vader and Return of the Jedi yeah. especially the scene where it's like where Luke finally you know comes to terms and has to defeat his father and you see them battling it out and it's just it's so dark all you see is the lightsabers you know glowing um and green right. and red are going and it's that that kind of you know, Luke is advancing on Vader, and Vader's backing up, and you kind of see that it, the transition of power is, you know, the, the son has now become more powerful than the father. 
that to me is right. very iconic and it's always that scene is always like depicted on star wars and so yeah, i would put that number one episode one's you know battle scenes um where it's qui-gon ray part uh qui-gon darth maul and obi-wan definitely up there you know close it's a close call for number one because that that scene choreographed it was choreographed so well by yeah, ray park absolutely um three i would go with empire strikes back as well um just because it's it's probably the most pivotal lightsaber battle yeah um because you have luke not realizing he's fighting his father gets his hand cut off and, and then the big reveal so um which is probably the most iconic scene in star wars history um and then revenge of the sith lightsaber scene, lightsaber battle scene and then the and then obi-wan and darth vader at the end um but what's the funny thing is that you know that attack of the clones has the most time like like logged with lightsabers and most lightsabers in the movie and no one ever appreciates that well, I mean, probably because, like, yeah, they have all the Jedis down in the, I don't know what I'm calling it, but the, the pit, pit yeah, or yeah. whatever. Yeah. And, like, yeah, they're all fighting. I mean, that's great and all. But, I mean, the thing that made, for me at least, the lightsaber battles so um, so awesome were, like, how, like, intimate it was between the individual. You know what I mean? Like, it was a focus on certain characters. Right. And then the you know the rest was just kind of like yay here are the Jedi's fending everybody off and I mean the, you know it was cool like don't get me wrong like I right. liked watching it but I wouldn't consider that like this outstanding that was my favorite sort of thing more than anything I was just trying to see what color of lightsaber everybody had yeah I mean that to me like even though Attack on Clones had the most amount of lightsaber time and stuff, it just, it it was misused, misplaced. And I mean, yeah, and I mean, one we're leaving out, which I, I guess I could add in there. I mean, it would still be low, would have to be, um, um, you know, Yoda, Count Dooku. Oh, I um, that one's garbage to me. Uh, so here's the thing. It was, it, it was, okay. So I agree with you that it was garbage, but what I did find that was cool about it. So when it first came out, when I first watched it, I thought it was cool because once again, like the Yoda that we had all known was like the the puppet Yoda, right? Right. So like the old broken down Yoda, Yoda. right? So Mm -hmm. to have this Yoda and he like just open and then like starts kicking butt that was pretty awesome like for what it was worth now you know he i don't think yoda needed to like jump around as much as he did and like flip and do all that um but for for what it was worth that's why i would still kind of put it in there but very low just because that was the first time anything from yoda had ever been seen like that right oh yeah, to me, I I completely forgot about it, and there's a reason why because it was garbage to me. Um, <laughs> right. Because even the, remember beforehand, it's Obi Wan and Anakin fighting Count Dooku, and that was such garbage. Like that was supposed to be the first yeah. time you see really Anakin go up against the Sith Lord or like you know uh, the dark side, and the cameras 
angles that they use on it are so close up you can't even really tell like what's going on and i was so pissed about that like you right. know because he he gets obi-wan's lightsaber and it's you know he's double lightsabered against dooku's you know double lightsaber or his uh his lightsaber as well and it was complete garbage and then he gets his arm cut off and it's like so that's how you get your arm cut off that's because of count dooku because you're an idiot i didn't buy that right. like and then yoda I, it was cool to see Yoda with a lightsaber, but like you said, all that jumping around and stuff. I actually preferred, if we're going to put a Yoda in there, um, even though it's not great, Yoda versus Darth Sidious or Palpatine. Um, yeah, yeah. A Revenge of the Sith. But I even don't even consider that a lightsaber battle because the in Revenge of the Sith, when you see Mace Windu walk up with four other Jedi, and then Palpatine is like, Oh, you're not gonna get me. And he does that weird, awkward flying s- twist oh, thing, twisty thing. And yeah. then if you watch it, it's like the most simplest moves he does, and he kills four Jedi like that. Like you're supposed to be a Jedi master, and you just let the old man just like stab you right in front of you. Right. No, no reaction whatsoever. Yeah, it's though those were that's where I think they missed out on having Ray Park on set to help out with those. Seasons. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Those were horrible. Absolutely garbage. So, um, all right, going from lightsaber battles to space battles or general battles, which one was your favorite? We'll just do it that way since there were so many. Oh, man. Um, I mean,. The battle for Hoth is up there, but yes. there. I mean, it is. I still think I see it's tough. I still think I prefer space battles, but something about that battle of Hoth is so awesome. I just that I've first time you see the ATAT walkers, you know, oh, yeah. that was so cool. Yeah, and then eventually, you know, when it wraps. Um, you know, around the cord, like around its legs. Yeah, like, and trips it so up. So awesome to me. Yeah, I gosh, yeah. So that's, I mean, that has to be up there. Um, jeez, oh, man, that's that's tough for me. I think, like you've said, I think Return of the Jedi has the the best space battle. Um, just because, like I said, nothing really against anything with the New Hope. Um, but like you said, it was just kind of the TIE fighters, um, you know, going, uh, you know, in order to release, uh, the missile onto the Death Star and whatnot. So I'd probably have to go, I'd probably have to go return, um, Empire, A New Hope in that order for space battles. Okay. Or battles, I guess. So Death Star 2, Battle of Hoth, and then Death Star 1. Yeah. Yeah. And then none of the prequel ones made Major list. Uh, um, well, you know what? Actually, the um, Phantom Menace space battle was um, it was all right. Oh, it was um, garbage for me. I could not. <laughs> the, the... Um, I mean, I thought it was okay. I, I wouldn't, you know. I I don't know. I just I tell you which main one re... which one that's really yeah, cool. Um, that doesn't get a lot of love. I mean, I'm not saying it's better than the Death Star battles. Um, is in Revenge of the Sith at the very opening of the movie, 
you're uh, the the screenshot of it. Even though it's not a long space battle, it's more about Anakin and Obi Wan trying to find Palpatine. You see them coming in on their Jedi starfighters, and they're flying above a uh, a, a capital ship. And as you get closer to the edge, and then they turn and they dive down, then you see this massive battle that's going on above. Uh, was a Coruscant at that time and stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like to me, that that was really cool. Um, you know, just the the way it opened up and then how massive the battles were, and um, you know that it it kind of got a little goofy there when they let those like droids, uh, those mini droids, like start taking over uh, and uh, they land on Obi Wan's ship and stuff and start tearing into oh, pieces yeah. and stuff like that. It kind of got a little goofy there, but. To me, that was out of the prequel ones. That was one of the cool scenes to look at, or visually wise, had really cool, um, yeah, aspects to it. But I'm with you. I I think Death Star two, right behind it, really close. For, you know, is uh, the Battle of Hoth with the ATAT walkers, and then yeah. Death Star, the first one. Yep. So. Alright, now, getting a little nostalgic here. What was your favorite Star Wars toy growing up? Oh, man. Um, Like, are we talking toy as in, like, the original series or later on when the prequels came out? What's been your favorite (laughs) toy so far that Um, that you've bought? Because, I mean, like, a okay. life-size X-Wing would be my favorite toy, but I, there's no way I can't afford right, that. Right, exactly. Yeah. So, um, it wasn't mine, but my cousin had it, was the Millennium Falcon. Um, and whenever I would go to my cousin's house, I like, that would be my go-to. Like the, to the, put the, the big-scale one where you could put the action figures in? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, like, you could open up the different compartments and, like, put them in there and everything? Right. Absolutely. So there was that, and then um, when the prequels came out, I got a double-sided lightsaber, which I still have. Um, and that, and you know, having that was just awesome. I may or may not have, you know, chased my sister with that a couple <laughs> times, but whatever. You know what's yeah, so funny so about th- the double-bladed lightsaber is how Ray Park made it so easy to manipulate and run around, like, like tw- twirl around and everything, and I had one as well, oh, and I kept on hitting myself in, like, the head and stuff, and I was like, man, if this was real-life oh, lightsaber, I would have killed myself. I'd be no screwed. Time. Yeah, yeah. and I would drop it, and just, yep. yeah, it was never really, yeah, it, it's never as easy as it looks. Um... For me, I'm I, so I had the I had the Millennium Falcon, I had the Tie Fighter, I had the X Wing, so and a couple of the action figures. So yeah, definitely the Millennium Falcon was up there, um, you know, as one of my favorite toys to play with. That thing, I think I spent um, you know hours upon hours, you know, playing around with you know making fun of my sister playing with Barbie dolls and in her little. Barbie house and stuff like that, and then here I am sitting in my room playing with the Millennium Falcon opened up and everything that definitely right. and, and then like have, running around my house with the TIE Fighter and, and X-Wing simulating battles and stuff um, but as a kid, when I was a little kid I remember this, so when 
mid eighties around there. Um, when the star Wars trilogy was being re-released in theaters in the mid eighties, once again, you know, it's like, I think it's been re-released now six or seven times. Um, but one of the first times they were re-released, uh, Toys R Us had lightsabers that were, you know, basically plastic tubes. But the holes that they, like, crafted into them is when you swung them around, it made that whoosh sound, you know, like that. So my dad bought me, like, a Darth Vader one. And I swear to God, that's all I did was walk around my house just. I remember that. that. Yeah, yeah, it's funny. I remember that now. Yeah, it's it's I, like the way that the acoustics were cut. In, like the, they cut holes into it so that like oh, the yeah. acoustics would make it have that sound to it, and you go whoom whoom around and stuff. And I just fell in love with that. And I had a red Darth Vader one. And I kicked myself in the butt every single day. I, I somehow lost it or threw it away or something. Like that. Right, yeah, oh yeah, I remember those, wow. Yeah, it was, my dad, I, 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 it was, I was a young kid, and I don't remember when, you know, it came out, but my dad told me it was, they re-released the original trilogies, and you had to go to Toys R Us to get it, and it was a special, you know, type, you know, toy that only Toys R Us had, and it was the lightsabers, and they made that sound, and so, you know, Hasbro has that, uh, the, black series lightsabers that you know you press the button and it lights up and it gets all the sound and everything that but back in the 80s we didn't have all that luxury item so right <laughs> yeah but to me that was that and the millennium falcon like you said were my two favorite star wars toys and it's funny because i still have a ton of them i still have a lot of the from the the originals uh shoot i probably you know have a good set but they're all open but from the prequels yeah. i have them still like in package and stuff like that. I, I could never bring myself to open them yeah so all right and then last thing star wars day wise do you have a favorite video game since there's been so oh. many star wars video games so, uh, <laughs> I remember having one for my, oh my gosh, for my, like, desktop computer, right? Uh -huh. This thing, oh my gosh, I forget the name of it, but it was, like, in DOS mode, right? Right. And um, you were, I mean, it was extremely basic. Like, you were a TIE fighter, right? And just, like, you know, going up against... Um, uh, the enemy, and I mean, it was extremely basic, but I just remember playing the crap out of it when I was a kid because, like, I like actually felt like I was flying a Tie Fighter. Oh yeah, it's, that, <laughs> you know, and, you, you want to know the name of that game? Tie yeah, what was it? Tie Fighter. Oh well, there Star, we go. <laughs> Star Wars Tie Fighter. Yep. Yeah, yeah. 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 They came out with Star Wars X Wing, and that was the first. That was the first DOS PC game. You know, in the in the 90s when it was like Windows 3.1. Um, yeah, that was such a hit that they did a, uh, the Empire version of it, which basically all they did, which you know I never paid attention to it, but it were they were the same exact missions, but they just redid yeah. the they re-edited the the cutscenes to be Empire people, and they just redid the um, the the cockpit to be more Tie Fighter like, and just all they did was literally flip 
the game over from X-Wing to TIE Fighter. And that actually ended up becoming more popular than X-Wing when it came out. Wow. Yep. And then that was such a hit. They did a third one, which was called X-Wing versus TIE Fighter, which is basically both games just put together. And just they beefed up the, the graphics for it. And wouldn't you know, I was the idiot who bought all three. They were like $40 well, a pop. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I was like, I got like, to have this. I have to have this. And yeah. little did I know that they were the same exact games just being redesigned a little bit. To That's hilarious. And I'm sitting here playing you know, all three. Like, oh, this is the best thing ever. And now you're like, wait a second. Oh, like, <laughs> uh, you don't want to know what my least favorite was? Was the original Nintendo uh, game of Star Wars. That oh, thing that was, was difficult. So freaking hard. It, it was it it may have been one of my like nintendo rage games where like you would lose your mind playing it yes that was kind of one of the ones for me yeah definitely you know i yeah i'm definitely with you on that one that was one of the most difficult ones on there and i remember probably i think i threw my controller like at least four or five times at the tv oh absolutely getting pissed off at that one because it used to get me all the time. It was right at the beginning of the game. The damn uh, Tusken Raider Jawa things that you had to do against um, with Luke or whatever. You had a black. I could never just get rid of him and stuff. I was so yeah, pissed. No. And then way back in the day, in the 90s, early 90s, I had this Sega Game Gear. Because I didn't want to get a Game Boy like everybody else. So I got the Game uh-huh. Gear. And I got Star Wars uh, for that. Uh, that was the only game I bought for Game Gear. I paid, I saved up my money for a Game Gear, and it was two hundred bucks at the time. And I only bought one game for it, and it was Star Wars. And, That's funny. Yeah, and it, all it was was an exact copy of the Sega Genesis game uh, with just cheaper graphics and stuff. Yeah, uh, I was an idiot back in the day. Uh, weren't we all? Yep. But I played that. But no, I'm with you. Um, the Old school DOS, X-Wing, TIE Fighter, sim- like Flight Simulator games. Um, without a doubt, to me, I've spent countless upon countless hours playing those games. And deprived my sister of learning how to use a computer. Because every single time she wanted to get on the computer, <laughs> I was like, nope, got to get on and play TIE Fighter. Nope, got to get on and play X-Wing. And so, oh my god, She's like, isn't that the same game? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, no, it's not. It's completely different. You have no idea what you're talking about. And then... 15 years later, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm the dumbass. Yeah, it was the same game. <laughs> yeah, exactly the same game. So, well, that's a that's a good nostalgic run through Star Wars, you know. Uh, it's not every single day you get to go back and talk about Star Wars, just maybe once a month and stuff. Um, but, you know, think about it. After 2019, we'll have it. We would have had our our new trilogy out with Force Awakens, Last Jedi, and then whatever Episode Nine will be titled. We'll have Rogue One, a Han Solo film, another film yet to be determined, you know, in production by that time in 2019, and then supposedly the CEO of Disney, Bob Iger, says that we're gonna get Star Wars for another 15, 20 years. Wow. So literally. Something that my parent, you know, my dad, who didn't grow up with it because he was, you know, is late. Let's see, 77, so that was when A New Hope came out. So he was in his late, he was in his 20s 
when I came mm-hmm. out. So say you know so something that that you know for the most part and is gonna live on till twenty twenty seven, you know to for yeah. the most part think about that. That's crazy. So it's like James Bond. You yes, know? It's like... yes, very similar to that. I could that everybody's gonna have their favorite you know character version of you know of Star Wars saga. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, I mean, it's great. Uh, it's it's um, it's crazy to think about that in 1983, that was the you know Return of the Jedi, and then we didn't get another Star Wars film until 1997. You know, well, you know, yeah. almost you know 15 years afterwards, and then all of a sudden it just picks right back up. You know, and we're in we're gonna have a Star Wars. We're gonna have multiple Star Wars theme parks. You know. It's unbelievable. Yep. What is he on? All right, let's get into the the coup de gras of you know of our podcast here. The, your favorite topics to talk to talk about, especially with Arrow, because um, you and I texted back and forth to that, and you had some lovely things to say. So oh. let's go with Gotham first, because Gotham, you know, you and I basically agreed upon this is that after this week's episode. I have no idea what the hell's going on. I'm just completely confused. Like I literally, I can't keep up with this, the amount of storylines that are going on right now. Uh, like I have to literally pause, take notes, and say, okay, this person's doing this, this person's doing this. Enigma's going after this person. Penguin's doing this to this person. And then we got Barbara doing this to this person. Where's Bruce at? Where's the Court of Owls at? Okay, there. Boom. I am dumbfounded by this show. It literally got oh. like on steroids super fast yeah and i mean the thing is they they have such short storylines and some of them could be really good i literally think they could do a show just on enigma yeah and they end up it's almost like they have little mini separate shows inside of one season without a doubt okay let Let's think of this. So we've had the Mad Hatter storyline, right? <clears throat> and we've had the Barnes storyline. We've had the Nigma running for mayor. Or I'm sorry, um, Cobblepot running for mayor. Nigma coming on board. Then those two were in love. Or, well, you know, Cobblepot was in love with them. And then... Uh, you know, Nigma kills Cobblepot, then Cobblepot's back, then you have Selena's mom comes in, and then Selena's mom is gone. It started with the Quarter Owls. You have Bruce's doppelganger. Then they were gone. Then they came back. <laughs> you've they, already I, lost I mean, me now. Like you literally lost. Like I, I'm like shit. Where am I? And I'm now? and I'm not even and I'm not even done. Like yeah. I'm not even done. You know what I mean? It's just like what like so many different things are happening. Like trying to imagine the same time. get someone to watch the show right now. How confused <sighs> it would be. Yeah, and, and I mean, even with his uncle Frank, you know, Uncle Frank came on. It was supposed to be this big reveal, and then Uncle Frank's dead. Yep. It's just like, oh, Mario Falcone. Remember that? Like yep. that dead. happened. It's just like, what is going on? Yeah. I just, I feel like they can't figure out what they want to do with the show. Oh, I agree. Yeah, like without a doubt, like. I thought for sure after season two when it you know when they kind of 
turn the show more about the villains and less about uh, Gordon and and Bruce, that we were going to get these long story arcs of like the development of Penguin, the development of Nigma, yeah. Catwoman, you know, and some of the the lesser known um, villains would you know would have a, a lengthier like Mario Falcone, um, the Mad Hatter, you know, type deal. They would have these long, drawn-out story arcs that would have shown how they developed into the characters that they were, you know, we know them as. And it seemed like it was going on in season two, and then it's oh, yeah. se- the beginning of season three, it seemed like we were doing that, and then all of a sudden, after the the mid-season finale in January, whatever, yeah. and count it, now it's just like screw this, we're just gonna start wrapping things up because it almost seems like the writers know there's not gonna be a season four. They, they've been told or they're like they said the odds of you guys getting picked up for another season are slim to none so you better start wrapping some shit up well you know I, I think like you said with season two they did such a good job with you know the Indian Hill and Hugo Strange right um, concept was the overlying um, you know kind of story arc and even though that you know it, it was it was present in almost every episode. And yeah, you would have other focuses like Nigma or Gordon, these other things. So that was still the focus where like with this, it started off as the court and then that changed real quick. And then the focus, the main focus was like Nigma for mayor. Then it went back and it's just like, you know, it throws everything else off. Right. Like think about it. Season two, you had Hugo strange, um, there was the main storyline for that. The semi rise of Penguin, not full yet because he doesn't become, you know, uh, like his, the mayor until season three. Same thing with Nigma. Like Nigma's going through that, you know, the, the, the twist in, you know, in the psych, like psychoticness that he is. Um, and it really just focused on those three. Like season one was Falcone. And, and Maroney, yeah. And Maroney. And it kind of, and, Fal- and what Maroney was killed at the end of season one, and Falcone was around in season two, but then leaves at the end of season two. So that was kind of the end of his arc. But now there's just so many characters. It's like, damn, I don't know who to keep part of. I don't even know who Jim Gordon's sleeping with right now. Like, that's how confused I am. You know? Yeah, I don't even. Yeah, I don't know. It's just. Like I said, there's too many moving parts right now, I think. Yeah, so. We got, I think there's a six episodes left of Gotham. I'm going to check real quick. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, if, if they're, if the writers know without a doubt they're done, then, you know, basically. Right. They're trying to get it all in. Yeah. Right. They're trying to get everything in. Um, let's see. One, two, three, four, five, six. Yep, six episodes left. Whew. Good luck on that one. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so... And then the Jerome storyline, too. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's another one. Is that over with? Are we going to get that back? Yeah. And what was the point? I mean, it was a cool storyline. Don't get me wrong, but like, 
and the overall scheme of it now looking at it like what was the point you know? right exactly so gotham if you do come back you have to make a little couple changes if you don't come back it was good while it lasted i mean season two was 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 pretty good season three started out decent the end of season three ooh, had all over the place yeah it was yeah well all over the place you know um, so, alright, Flash, let's just talk about it briefly, because this, literally, this is another show that's gotten me, like, like, what the hell is going on now? Alright, so, Savitar, we've been waiting for the big reveal, and I think you and I both agree that the writers took too long this year, or this season, revealing yeah, who Savitar to get was, there. to get that yep. big shock and awe, and stuff, and were you disappointed in the reveal by not necessarily the reveal that it was Barry? Oh, spoilers if you haven't seen it, but oh well, too late. Um, that it was future yeah. Barry. Um, but were see, here's where I was a little com- disappointed is that with Zoom, it was a great reveal the way how everything played itself out. Um, with Reverse Flash, same thing. Okay, this one though, like the way that this that Barry finally figured it out, just was complete idiocracy to me. He's sitting there talking with Iris and Joe, and all of a sudden he's like, "Wait a minute, let me put all these you know little fragments together," and then he figures it out. Like it didn't, it didn't work for me. I don't know. What about you? What did you think? Yeah, you know I. I would have to agree. I think um, the reveals prior in the past seasons have have been good and kind of kept that anticipation. Um, I feel like last year with Zoom, I feel like it was released a lot earlier, wasn't it? Well, I think uh, it was. It was released. Not necessarily. It wasn't released earlier, or it was kind of. A, it was definitely earlier than this season. Yeah, but it was it was definitely later in the season. But everybody had figured it out because of the oh, the, right. the the clues that they were leaving. Because remember, um, when they because they remember they thought Zoom was you know was Jay Garrick and he was you know Flash from another Earth. Yeah, and then we get the doppelganger and he's like, no, that's not my doppelganger. His name's Hunter Zolomon, and we're like, that's who you know. He's Hunter Zolomon from another Earth, and that's it, right. Yeah, and it was kind of like as a as as fans watching it, we were figuring it out as at the same time. You know, the the actual cast was figuring it out. You know, or the the characters were figuring it out like Barry and and Iris and. And Caitlin and stuff is like there were little drops, and it, each week we we're like, yeah, it's gotta be this, it's gotta be this, it's, and then it finally it was like it was confirmed that he was Hunter Zolomon and he had captured Jay Garrick from another Earth and everything and took over his persona. Uh, with Zoom, I mean, with a uh, Reverse Flash, that was the 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 mind blowing one. How? Because remember you had Wells. But it was really Eobor Thawne who had taken over Wells's body, and then he was able to do the the split, you know, where he could be in two places at one time type deal. That just to me was pure genius. Yeah, and with this, you know, we kind of talked about it last week when 
there seemed to be the reveal, or, you know, Caitlin or Killer Frost, excuse me, um, saw who it was. We thought, well, maybe it was Ronnie. Maybe it was Julian, Eddie Thawne. Yeah. And it, yeah, Julian, whoever. And I, you, if you remember. You said it a while back. Two yeah. Ago, yeah, I said it a while back just because th- there was a storyline at one point. Um, in the comics where that had happened and a future Barry tried to come back and, you know, ch- change the past by taking the past or past flash out of it. Right. And, you know, cause I, I'd kind of seen some of that, like it said that he created him. Like he kept saying he created him. And I was like, you know, that, that seems like, it, uh, almost a decision that Barry made in order for Savitar to quote unquote be created and that he was stuck in the speed force because another flash in the timeline somewhere like figured that out that, you know what I mean? Right. But what I still can't figure out is why future flash would kill Iris. That's what I can't figure out. I mean, it's weird. It seems like it stems all from that that one message um, that he sent to oh to yeah me, uh, to yeah um, to the legends, you know, the legends, yeah, and how he could you can't trust him. He's gonna make you know he's gonna make a bad decision, and he's gonna you know he won't be able to be trusted in the future. And so I think that is what's gonna ultimately lead that Barry to go and some people were saying you know that being stuck in the in the time um in the speed force and witnessing the the traumatic event that he watches over and over and over again that basically it sets it up to being this you know you're just filled with hate and anger you know and that's what some people believe is going to happen to Jay Garrick if they do ever get him out of the speed force and stuff um that he'll end up being evil as well. Mm, yeah. Um, I'm just wondering how he got his face burned. Um, yeah. Yeah, I saw that too. I... Yeah. I wonder if that has to deal with... Because um, I, kn- I know that we're going to see Captain Cold again one more time before the end of the season. I wonder if that's Cold who hits present day Barry or something like that. You know, I don't know. And yeah. it scars him like that. Yeah, so, but it it was. Were you were you disappointed when you saw that it was Barry? A little bit. Or I future was. Barry. Yeah, I think it would have been better played out if it was Ronnie, and it would have yeah. kind of it would have probably brought the arc of the storyline from season one a little bit, you know, better and closure wise. You know, whatever happened to Ronnie? You know, when he went up into that wormhole, it could have yeah. been simple as he got sucked into the Speed Force and into that moment in time where you know he witnesses over and over again and that was his way to get out so who knows i mean once we do find out the story of why future future barry because we've already seen future barry and be all depressed but then yeah the t- but then the timeline gets affected because barry once again messes with the damn timeline after he's told multiple times don't mess with the timeline and so future Barry now has got team flashback together working. So does that affect the whole Savitar situation? Like that doesn't, or was it always mm, yeah, played out that point. way? 
Yeah, I, see, that's the thing with this season is I feel like. And now that current Barry uh, knows who Savitar is, does that now mean future Barry knows who Savitar is? That the one that was like, I don't even uh, know who yeah. he is. You know, like, that doesn't make Wait. sense. That's why the Ronnie thing would have made so much more sense. Well, I, like I said, I think this year they're confusing people, especially like the kind of maybe people who are um, just kind of like your average followers, like don't yes. know much about the comics or anything, just because, <clears throat> you know, it started off the season with Flashpoint. It's like, okay, you know, which was fine and cool and reflective of the comic, but then they're going back to the past again, and then they're going to the future, and then they're changing this, and then they're changing that. And I think for some people, they're just like, what is happening right now? Yeah, oh, I, I mean, hell, I am. I, I'm, like, between Gotham and Flash, I'm just, like, I have no no clue what the hell's going on. Like, I, I've Yeah, lost I feel them. like across the board for a lot of the comic movies, Gotham Flash Arrow, there have been huge consistency issues this year. Well, just Arrow, we can point out. We know exactly what's wrong with Arrow. You've said it multiple times. There's yeah. too many characters in that in that perspective, and there's too many damn storylines going on there. Well, but not only that, but they they misused the flashbacks, and if they wanted to develop, if they honestly wanted to develop the secondary support characters. They should have used that time where they were using some of the Russia flashbacks. Right. Um, or don't have the characters and have the flashbacks, like one or the other. Right. But so what they've done is they've tried to take episodes to develop those characters, which then, you know, messes up the balance of everything else because you have a couple episodes that are really strong, then all of a sudden a random episode about one of the characters. Right. And it just. Yeah. I don't know. So let's just jump into that with Arrow, because I mean, basically, Flash is Flash. It's we. It was just. It, it wasn't really anything to that episode. It was the big reveal. I thought it was lackluster, you know. And it's gonna be a, a hell of a three or four episodes to figure out how the writers are gonna loop it all back together. Um, but Arrow wise, this week's episode was another major disappointment, and you were you were definitely vocal about that. Um, I swear to God, if we get another season of Oliver and Felicity debating whether they should be married or not, I'm going to shoot an arrow in my foot. Right. Absolutely. Yep. Do it. Um, you, know, you know, I, I wrote you know, my article about it, and I actually didn't have a ton to write. And you know, I, I was texting with you last night, and uh, one of the guys in the comments, um, he usually comments, and his name is Kronx, he's really good I always has a lot of good comments and like i understood what he was saying you know he's talking about um that you know a lot of this like yeah it was elicity but it was also more of the kind of emotional and oliver realizing like you know who he is and and what he needs and that he's not this monster and this and that which i get but like <sighs> how many times do we need an episode like that yeah and it just the the thing that I've heard from people is it's like, well, you know, Oliver doesn't, you know, need the costume. But here's the thing, he he does it. Yes. That's like, that is like, okay, for instance, if we were to watch Flash, 
and Flash episodes went two months without having the Flash costume, people would have an issue with it. Well, that's... Uh, Be- because it makes about... the hero. Yeah, without a doubt. And, and, you know, it's a funny thing that people... That you mentioned that because people bitch about the Christopher Nolan uh, Batman trilogy because there's not enough Batman in it. So, like, right. in The Dark Knight Rises, the reason why people critique it so much is because there's a grand total of 15 minutes worth of Batman. And they're like, how do you make this a Batman movie without Batman being in it majority of the time? You know? Right. Um, and same thing with Batman Begins. We don't even see Bruce turn into Batman until an hour in the movie and stuff. Although the Nolan trilogies are great, one of the biggest criticisms of that is that there's not enough Batman. But, I mean, hey, I mean, the the damn movie's made over a billion dollars, so I'm not going to... Yeah, he does what Right. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But no, I definitely agree. You can't have Green Arrow or, you know, a show called Arrow and not have the damn Green Arrow in it. And some of the the storylines are so trivial... The Lila and Diggle storyline did not need to happen. You cannot nope. tell me a man who walks around shooting people who is what's his damn code name? Um, um, Spartan. Spartan, whose main weapon, you know, is a handgun. Might have rubber bullets, if but still, he has killed the equivalent to a Slovenian army you know by himself and he's going to criticize his wife for holding questionable people hostage in black ops locations i mean come on get out of here with that you know the guy breaks out of jail the guy killed his brother and they're going to really make it a, a like a a whole moral issue here's a moral issue i have for arrow when it comes to diggle and lila where's your damn kid at I've never seen yeah. the like parents not take care of their kids more often than this damn show. Lila and Diggle Just hanging out in Argus somewhere. I guess so. They must have the best health care like or daycare system at Argus because John Junior now you know because of Flashpoint you know never sees his damn mom and dad. Like I just don't get that. Like we're gonna really incorporate a story line about oh my gosh i cannot trust you because you're running argus and you're turning into amanda waller and so get out of here with that forget that i think for me too it's it's more of you know i think you may have been the one who mentioned it it's instead of having all these extra arrow episodes cut it down yeah it would have been better having let's say 18 episodes right whatever 20 episodes and having a strong consistent balanced plot then just filling them for the in the sake of having episodes yes. it just like i was so disappointed with last night's episode like well the past was, two have been yeah, just I, filler episodes yep and I, I listen i get it you know you you want the emotion this and that but, you know, something that someone had said, I was like, you know, this, it was very much a soap opera last night. And they had said, well, you know, it's always had that with the secrets and the lies. And I said, yeah, you know, it has had that, but it has been balanced with the action and the story. The story you know, is progressing. Season, you, yeah, look at seasons one and two. 
yeah, it absolutely had the secrets and the lying and this and that. And that was seen usually with Oliver hiding whatever from Thea or her, his mom, anything like that. Yeah. But then he was he was out at night, you know, hunting people down, which is a lot. Yesterday there was just, I mean, here's the thing. You even had flashbacks in last night's episode. And the flashbacks were just about their relationship. I'm oh, like, there's no need for that. And then, you know, like, what did he do? He shot some arrows at the door. And I, I was just like, come on. Like, it was the only good part for me of last night's episode was at the end with Chase, you know, going to the bus stop. Um, See, but that pissed me off because you're telling me for two full episodes – so it was all about trying to find Chase, and then Chase ends up setting up a plot to keep Oliver in the bunker. So all he can do is get like at this point in time, he should have literally had his son captured by now. Right. I mean that amount of time, and you still haven't found his son and stuff like that, dude. Then you're you're not the the man well, that you said you were going to be and stuff like that. It, well, especially for how far ahead of the game he is, like you know what I mean. Yeah, and, like he could, like Chase can infiltrate, um, freaking, uh, shoot, I don't even remember the whatever the hacking company is. Helix, but like, yeah, Helix, thank you, but like he can't infiltrate like witness protection program. <laughs> Without, you know, it's yeah, just, like... I, I just, I don't know. I was just really disappointed with yesterday's episode and. Like I said, you know, we've gone so long without actually seeing Green Arrow. It looks like we will next week. But the other thing, like I said, you know, we you have the really sizzle got three reel. Episodes. You, yeah. Uh, yeah, the sizzle reel, and they're all going to jam it into the last, I would say, two episodes out of the three. And right. it's just, once again, it's it's the, the balancing that just is often, I feel like, a good majority of the, ep- or of the um, shows that we watch right now. You know, it's just... I don't know. It just doesn't seem to balance it very well. Yeah, I mean, there's only three episodes left, and the past two episodes have not progressed at all the storyline. So no. basically, they should have just taken an extra two weeks off and just forget yeah. the. Like, look, you want Felicity and Oliver to get back together? Then fine. Go, like, have them be together. But, you know, it, it's just. it's It's crazy. And then. So, like, this show has been, it was funny because I was talking to my wife about this. I was like, this show is the worst show for parents. So, you have Lila and Diggle who never take care of their kid. (laughs) Then you have Oliver who has a kid who puts him in witness protection and still doesn't work because now his arch nemesis is going to kidnap his kid. So, now he's got to save that. Then you have... Lance losing both of his daughters and going through depression. Then you have Oliver and Thea losing both their parents, one to suicide and one to, you know, being stabbed by their mortal enemy of Deathstroke. And and then you have the issue with Renee trying to get his daughter, even though he has a secret life called Wild Dog who goes around killing people and he's going to try to get his... (laughs) He thinks that being with his daughter is better. I mean, it's just like, wow. The the parental guidance on this show is unbelievable. Yeah. But, yeah, there's only three episodes left, so they better ramp up the storyline fast. You know? I mean, I think the last 
two are going to be re- so the way that I see it kind of pan- panning out is that from what we see next week, Chase will have Oliver's son. Right, there'll be Oliver's a battle for going to go Oliver's after son. him, looking yeah. in that like Jason hockey mask thing, and he's going to realize he needs to be Green Arrow again. So he'll do that and go after Prometheus, and it won't work. So then that's how he's going to yeah. know that he needs to go get help, and then that's what he's going to do the last two episodes. And then think about this. We still haven't even seen the conclusion between with uh, Talia Al Ghul. Like, what, what oh, happens yeah. that? I mean, that's She's gone away for two. Go. Yeah, that's gone away for two episodes, three episodes. Yep. Like, shit. Well, and, and how rare has she? She like she's rarely been used as well. Without a doubt, yeah, so. I, I thought she was going to have a much bigger role. And then, you know, they had that awesome kind of, you know, torture scene with all that, and then yeah. you never see her. Same thing with Artemis. They're, yeah, Artemis is going to be back. It's just so then I feel like it's going to be jam packed with characters. Everybody gets know? five minutes. Five minutes. Uh, We're going to do Gotham style type of episodes. Where you easily could have started that. You know, the past two weeks. Without a doubt. So, yeah, it's... Well, do you still have hopes for the last... Well, I, you watched the sizzle reel and you were hyped up about it. And now you've been extremely disappointed because you watched the sizzle reel and it hasn't lived up to the hype. I didn't watch the sizzle reel and I'm still disappointed, but I don't think I have as much disappointment as you. Do you still have hope for the end of the season with three episodes left? I do, but what I worry about from what I've seen from the sizzle reel is that it won't be balanced very well. And it's going to be a, a letdown based on the maybe limited involvement of some characters when yeah. first people thought it might have been more. Now, if they do it right, I think it could end really well and be awesome. But with that and with the fact that there's only three episodes left and for what I saw in the sizzle reel, I'm just worried it might be rushed yeah i, I i'm not I, from what the you've told me about the sizzle reel and what we have left i figured basically we're we're going to be force fed a lot of this stuff and it's going to be you know crammed down our throats so yep all right really quickly because we're we're hitting up against time here um Let's just jump in. You know, there's a couple other shows I want to talk about, but we'll uh, we'll get back to them next week. WWE. All right. D- who knew Dean Ambrose would be making the most prolific statement of all time? Is that <laughs> since Brock Lesnar hasn't been on the damn show since WrestleMania and doesn't bother, you know, making an appearance, the Intercontinental Championship has become Raw's best belt, like title, yeah. and Without a doubt, like that was crazy. Like, who knew that the character of Dean Ambrose would be so philosophical and stuff? Right. When everybody's arguing about the, you know, the the damn Universal Championship, and he comes out and says, "Uh, guys, I hate to burst your bubble, but there is no Universal Champion when the damn champion doesn't even show up on the show." So. Right. You know. <clears throat> well, one good point, obviously, but two. What a freaking waste of a belt. Right. Like, I don't understand why there's the rule that you have to defend it within 30 days if they're not going to follow that. Without and, like, it. that's the thing is, it's not even the fact that, like, at least with Goldberg, 
Goldberg was on the show even if he wasn't fighting. Yeah, he made his you little five-minute walkout. Of, you know, Goldberg, lo- you're located across the street. Hey, it's time for you to come out to the ring. Okay. And does his five-minute walk. It speaks for two to yep. three minutes. You know, does a spear, a jackhammer, and then walks out. Yeah, I, he was a yeah. better champion than Brock Lesnar has been so far. Right, because we haven't even seen him. So what I think will happen is this. I feel like at the next Raw pay-per-view. Which, have you seen the name of it? No, what's the name of it? Great Balls of Fire. Oh. Or Balls of God. Fire. So it's, it's great. Like, how can you name your pay-per-view Balls of Fire? Or Great Balls of Fire? Oh, so dumb. I hope Jerry yeah, Lee Lewis oh. comes out and sings that, you know, Great Balls of Fire. That is so dumb. Anyways, um, I think that maybe Miz will light his tri- balls on fire. No, oh, hopefully, I feel like you'll have a triple threat match for the Universal Title, and it'll be Brock Lesnar, your boy Roman Reigns, and Braun Strowman. And I think Brock will lose it, but not by getting pinned, Ooh. just by like the other two. But that'll be the way to get the title back on Raw without Brock Lesnar being pinned, you know, because he's the animal or whatever. But even with that, he's going to have to randomly show up before Great Balls of Fire or whatever. (laughs) And, like, start start this really random, like, you know, I guarantee he comes out and he'll be like, I'll fight anybody. And then, like, you know, I just, it's... It's stupid. It's such a waste of a title. Like, why even have it at this point? Oh, my gosh. That's hilarious. What if they did a match where you had to light your opponent's balls on fire in order to win the championship? That sounds more like an Attitude Era type of thing. That would be... that (laughs) That would break all ratings right there. Yeah, and probably some laws, but whatever. Oh, yeah, just a couple. Uh, I mean, it'd be better than the damn dumpster match that they had, like, two weeks ago or whatever. Oh, that... Did you feel like that right there was the biggest crock of... Like, that was, like, the worst excuse of having a dumpster out on... on Yeah, like, I... I feel like they wanted to make it kind of Attitude Era-ish, but they did it in, like, a... And the way that Braun Strowman fell in and how he was like, he looked like he was a big kid in a kiddie pool type deal. Like he just gotten thrown into a kiddie pool and it's only like two feet deep and stuff. Oh. Oh. Well, and then the other one, Braun Strowman beat who? Kalisto. I'm like, yeah, no crap. It's Braun Strowman versus pretty much a cruiserweight. So, I, I mean... It wouldn't surprise me if Roman Reigns was in the title match against Brock Lesnar since he, you know, they're trying to push him over as being the man. Yeah. After beating Undertaker and stuff and Braun Strowman being in there too would be something I could see. It just sucks cuz I think with Finn Balor being back, I think it he deserves that opportunity, but I don't see Finn Balor being able to it, uh, like I know it's it wouldn't it's make fake. Sense it wouldn't make he, sense that he would be yeah. Brock Lesnar. I know it's fake, but right. just in my mind, I couldn't come up with a way or, you know, for for Baylor to be, you know, which, is he done with the whole demon, you know, persona? I don't think so. Oh, okay. No, I don't think so. I think it's still just, he, he does it during um, pay-per-views, pay-per-views only. Yeah. Okay. I just yeah. wasn't sure, because 
the there was a couple rumors that he was gonna when he was gonna make his big return he was gonna do you know the demon and then he didn't come out that way he's just doing you know regular Finn Balor club and stuff so yeah I think they're keeping it for pay-per-views only yeah so it looks like it's gonna be Seth Rollins Samoa Joe Finn Balor and um who's the the fourth uh in that group right what Bray Wyatt, yeah, in some sort of type of tag match or yeah, uh, yeah, in doing that way. How about? Um, I mean, I would love, I would love to see Bray Wyatt versus Finn Balor Demon Persona. That would be cool. That right. would be cool. That and do kind of a you know House of Horrors, but not an actual house because that was ridiculous. That was the, stupid. Yeah, it was. Um, and how about Jericho going over to to SmackDown now? That makes things interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um I thought he was like going and touring with his band. So I'm like so really too. confused about I'm really confused on what's going on. Cuz now he's got the damn title. Like, you know, he's got a he's got no, he, a, Oh no, he, he lost, did, lost it. He lost it the next uh that SmackDown. I forgot. Shoot. Which was so weird. Like, I don't know. It was just weird because like he won it and then he lost it like 2 days later. So then he should and, go back to Raw. Well, yeah, and I just, okay, like, the thing with he and Kevin Owen, like, come on, that that's done now. Right. Like, let's move on, you know? I think they're trying to set it up for him, for um, AJ Styles, Chris Jericho matchup. Oh, uh, yeah, that would be pretty good. Because personality-wise and, you know, they're, there's kind of, they're great with the mics, you know, type deal. Yeah. But... Yeah, I mean, overall, WWE is, is getting, I, I, I gotta say, it's at least getting a little better on Raw, now that Finn Balor, Bray Wyatt, you know, Seth Rollins, they're kind of finding their groove, um, the Roman Reigns, Braun Strowman thing, I still don't understand, and then, SmackDown is is, is steady, Isn't it's not great, but it's steady. Right, yeah. yeah. So, I just can't wait for the next pay-per-view of Great Balls of Fire. Oh, man. They've so got to introduce something. Like, they got to have a match where somebody has to light their balls on fire. I, I just I don't understand, like, why you'd even choose that. that oh, you make... know the Hardy Boys will do something with that. Well, that's true, yeah. yeah. Light your balls on fire. So, All right, that's it for us uh, this episode. Thank you so much for listening in and listening to us, you know, just ran rave about Star Wars and all our love for you know flash and arrow and gotham and i i promise you one of these days we're gonna have some positive things to say about you know arrow it, it's it's a show that we both love it's gotta be good sometime but this season has just has been a, a major issue and so um please uh give us a if, if you have a moment give us a ratings on itunes and soundcloud let us in you know, know what you guys think, what you want us to cover. So this has been a couple uh, comments and a couple of people have tweeted at me, you know, at LRM underscore Mike. Um, and, you know, just we're going to start expanding the show a little bit more, getting into more of the Netflix things that you guys wanted us to talk about, especially when Defenders starts rolling out and some of the other Netflix shows come out. Um, and so... Once uh, Flash and Arrow and Gotham hit their season ends, we're going to really kind of change the, the, the shape of the show and, you know, maybe branch out a little bit more into some of you guys said that you liked us when we're talking about video games and everything. So 
might be expanding out to there. So um, make sure you tune into other our other LRM podcasts, um, Nine Panel Grid, Los Fanboys is going to be uh, coming back from its long hiatus uh, with some new hosts along with Joseph Medina. Make sure you check out Edward Douglas's Weekend Warrior as well. Um, and for Mike and Mark and LRM TV podcast, it's another episode down and another episode to go next week. Anything to say, Mark? Nope. Thanks for listening. All right. See you guys later. See you.